What's something a poor kid would understand but would utterly confuse a rich kid? Waiting around in a laundromat, the ultimate example of why it's so expensive to be poor. You can't afford the initial capital of buying a washing machine, so you end up spending even more money at a laundromat over time. Watching the rest of the class go on class trips or vacations while you stay at home or at work, or even going to a school that offered this in the first place. I had no idea this was even a thing until I was in my 20s. Every time you get a little bit ahead, an extra $100 or so, and being able to relax and breathe a bit. Next day, something goes catastrophically wrong with the car or an appliance or an unexpected late charge on something you forgot about. It never ends. One step forward, two steps back. The guilt versus gratitude relationship fight you have when your friends share their food with you. Because on one hand, you never have enough money to buy enough food to be fully satiated. So that extra from your friends is awesome. But on the other hand, you understand how awful it is to not have enough food at lunch. And you don't want to put your friends in that position. Going to the library to use the internet, my mom and I often went with the car to the parking lot nearby outside with our crappy laptop to connect to the nearby unsecured Wi-Fi to be able to Skype with my grandma. It happened for about a year till she had enough money to buy a router. New means different, not unused. When you're getting new clothes, they're used from family or a thrift store. My cousins are upper middle class and I went shopping with them during one of the only times I spent the night at their house. Not only were these 12 year old girls astounded that my mom only gave me $10 to spend while there, they couldn't at all understand why I was checking the prices on everything we saw. Their parents just bought them whatever they wanted most of the time. My entire identity revolves around food. I use my spare fun money for food now. I give gifts of food. I take friends out to eat. I give people their favorite snacks and candy bars as little surprises. We never had enough as a kid. We went hungry every day. And now I express myself through food. I'll bring friends dinner. I'll bake people's favorites. I'll bring my coworkers entire casseroles. I'll take huge pots of soup to our neighbors. I'm getting emotional right now just thinking about how important the availability of food is to me. I have an 18-year-old coworker that doesn't eat lunch during break for our 12-hour shift. So I started packing twice as much and I feed her the extra I bring. I just want all my friends and family to be full, to never have to feel hunger like my family did, like I did. I don't want that for them. Paying bills before the age of 18. Getting your paycheck and handing it over to your mom when you get home so the water and electricity stay on that month. Never seeing your gas tank above the midway line. Pushing oil changes until your car starts making strange grumbling noises at you. Wearing the same two pairs of shoes until they fall to pieces. And then visiting the thrift store for the next pair. Being freaking ecstatic that tonight mom's buying pizza for delivery because it's your only birthday wish. Don't get me wrong, I had a great childhood. My parents never let us forget that we were loved. So being poor wasn't something we really noticed, except when strangers or people at work and school treated us different for it. Buying food, not for taste or preference, but for the price point and how filling it is. There's food that tastes good because it tastes good, and then there's food that tastes good because of how affordable it is. Sugar sandwiches for dinner. Butter, sugar, and bread. We thought it was like dessert for dinner, but my mom told us recently it was because we didn't have any food. Being really young and getting excited about the power cut and lighting candles and things like that, when really it was because we couldn't afford electricity. Back in high school, I was getting flamed for having cheap shoes from Marshalls. Here's something along the lines of how it went. Those shoes are ugly. I agree. 
I gotta wait for my next paycheck so I can grab some new ones. Why don't you just ask your parents to buy you shoes? Because they gotta put money in more important places right now. Wait, so your parents don't buy you new shoes? Nah, I gotta save up. Cue extreme look of confusion for the kid. The confusion of the kid when he realized that most parents don't buy their kids everything they want was something I won't forget. In typical high school fashion, he then proceeded to tease me for being broke. Also, explaining to others that the only time I left my home state was for family emergencies was something that they couldn't grasp either. How bad it feels when a non-poor kid, even up to adulthood, mentions doing something expensive casually, or worse, makes a big deal about you never doing it. Things like flying, going to another country, going to Disney World, going to a hibachi restaurant or fancy steakhouse, doing camps or programs that cost money at school or during the summer. You never blank seems so confusing to them that it's true, and never crosses their mind you might feel self-conscious about it. Hint? Everyone does. Knowing how to sew as a necessity. I fixed countless shirts and pants, even my couch. Everyone needs to learn this. Putting water in shampoo bottles to make it last longer. No amount of wealth that I've had has ever made me change this habit. I mean, it's just wasteful to not get that extra bit, and is less effort than opening a new bottle. I was a poor kid who was lucky enough to go to a good high school. The downside of that was growing up next to entitled brats. I've seen a girl throw her brand new gold iPhone across the room and not bat an eye because her parents would buy her a new one. Sure enough, the next time I saw her, she had one. These are the same kids that crash the new cars they get for their birthdays, get manicures, facials, and eyelashes every week despite never working a day in their lives. On the other side, I was scared when I ripped the strap off the backpack I'd been using for four years. I sewed it up because I didn't want to stress my mom out with having to buy a new one for me. I used it for two more years through college until it finally kicked the bucket and I was able to get a new one. Not getting upset when clothes, shoes, or other items are, to them, ruined. If I had a hole in my shoe, or a stain or tear on my clothes, I had to live with it, at least for a while. I knew kids in the middle and upper classes that would get chewed out for stuff like that, but their parents would usually buy them new stuff right away. That wasn't the case for a lot of kids like me because it just wasn't possible. Most of the clothes I owned were hand-me-downs to begin with. Some of it was found in the garbage. Parents borrowing birthday money to help with bills or buying food and toiletries. Love them to death. They've always worked hard for me and my sister. Every term, our school would do a thing called Scholastic Books. It's like a catalog of books and other educational things that parents can go through, pick out what they think their child would like, and order them. The school gets a percentage of the sales and the kids get an education-filled Christmas unboxing every term. Almost every kid in my class would get at least one thing, except me. I was just sitting in the back of the class watching other kids showing off their new stuff to each other. One year, a kid left before the order came in and the teacher gave his book to me. Rich kids will never know the feeling of being poor, having it noticed, and not being shamed for it. It was the only time I ever got a book from Scholastic and I still have it. Relaxing in an empty parking lot in your friend's car is a typical night out because nobody has anything at home and don't want to be there anyways because it's too stressful. You can't just live within your means. I think that sometimes when people say this, they're talking about poor people who spend money on alcohol and cigarettes, or that nice car they just had to have but can't really afford. I remember Jamie Oliver was criticized once for saying that a lot of British working class were just drunks who weren't interested in eating proper food and preferred to spend their money on getting drunk in pubs. 
That being said, I know it's not that simple. If you haven't been poor, then you don't really understand it. The actual process of looking at something in a store and debating whether or not it's really something they need or is it something they want before trying to see if they can find a cheaper version. Coming to school stinking because your parents couldn't pay utilities that month, as if you chose to be gross. We couldn't afford cable growing up, so ergo, I didn't see a lot of movies. I often get ridiculed as a 35-year-old for not seeing them. And I always get the, how have you not seen these? And now it's at a point where I don't have too much of a desire to see a kid's movie for the first time from 20 years ago. I'm not really complaining, because my mom did a lot to keep my childhood together. But most of my friends don't understand that not having cable cut off access to a lot of the references they remember so fondly. Going to the mall with friends, not buying anything, not trying anything on in case you damage it, not buying any food or snacks, and making excuses why you can't go see the movie with everyone else. Saying you left your phone at home so they don't see the old flip phone or first-gen smartphone you've been passed down, and leaving quickly without saying goodbye to anyone so they don't see your mom pull up in the ancient station wagon your family's had for the last decade. What it's like to eat spaghetti for over a year and a half straight. Other than my birthday, that is exactly what I've done and am doing. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Sorry, I had to have a moment. I stressed myself out. They call it intermittent fasting by not eating breakfast, but that's pretty standard to me how I grew up. Not eating breakfast, lunch, or dinner because there was no food. According to some other people I know, it's a lack of cleanliness. Don't know if that's the right word for it. An ex-neighbor of mine, older lady, requested me specifically to help clean her property and pack her stuff when she was moving. Apparently, she asked for me because she knew I'd understand in regards to the state of her house in the yard. I mean, she was right. My family also had a bit of a white trash redneck kind of property with all the trappings. But it didn't dawn on me that other people also did it. I wouldn't expect anyone who isn't from the country or didn't live on a street in the woods with no streetlights to understand the nuances of the way a redneck yard and house looks and operates. Yes, we have a bug problem and at least two defunct broken cars sitting in the grass. But I promise we're not crazy stereotypes. It's safe, I assure you. I was seven or eight and my rich cousin, just a few years older, screamed at me because I didn't know how to put on a seatbelt. Last time I had entered a car, I still needed a baby chair. That the next excursion with the school is too expensive to be able to go and have fun with your friends. I remember I was acting like, that's for kids, I don't go do that. But I wanted to go, I just couldn't. Or being worried about starting the school year without books, because they've changed them and they're not like last year's. And you need new books. And they're very expensive. When I was a small and nimble child, my father would slip me into the vents of his client's house to scare the rats out, whereupon my siblings would be waiting to bludgeon them to death with the family soup ladles. We were a whole family of ratters. We lived rats, killed rats, and when times were tough, ate rats too. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
with Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Driving with the check engine light on all the time. Can't get a new car, can't get it fixed, but have to take it to get to work so you can make rent. Just drive and hope it doesn't stall or blow up. The Take a Penny, Leave a Penny Honor System. I was a cashier at a gas station for many years. The people taking the change from the take slash leave cup have hundreds sticking out of their wallet. The ones who actually need them will stand there checking every pocket and corner of their purse, run out to check under their car seat before accepting the change, and they come back to pay it the next day. How hard life really is and that money 100% can buy happiness. The whole money can't buy happiness thing is just something the rich tell the poor to keep them placated. Money gets you financial security and products, which in turn makes you happy. Money can certainly buy happiness. Expiration dates are more like suggestions than fact. They have to set them earlier than they actually expect the food to expire so as to avoid complaint. Had a roommate throw out all of my and my other roommate's food because it was a week before the expiration date. She honestly didn't understand why we were livid. She thought she was helping. Learning skills to make do with what you have. I remember not having very much money growing up and needing to learn lots of computer and network related troubleshooting skills because I couldn't rely on my parents simply to buy a new computer or update the modem or router. We couldn't simply pay to have ISP technicians come out all the time and my parents couldn't afford the time off to address those types of issues. Being afraid of going to the doctor or dentist. This isn't stemming from being afraid of needles or getting teeth pulled, but more for a concern of whether or not something that was found would be sufficiently covered by insurance, and weighing that against whether or not you truly feel bad. I remember having a really weak immune system at a certain point when I was 16 years old, and not wanting to go to the doctors until the pain was too unbearable. Turned out that I had shingles. Yes, I'm aware that it's extremely uncommon for someone that young to have, but yes. I did in fact get diagnosed with shingles, and I'm not mistaking it for something else. There was also a time where finals were approaching during my third year in my major, when I was feeling some pain in my abdomen and reading up on my symptoms. I foolishly decided that my self-diagnosis was sufficient and stayed home to tough out what I suspected to be a kidney stone, rather than see a doctor, because I figured that they'd expect me to pass it on my own anyway. I ended up passing the kidney stone halfway through finals week. As someone who grew up in an environment that disincentivized the usage of healthcare, I really have to be mindful to make full use of it now that I'm older, and maintaining my health matters more. It's crazy how much small things matter when you're poor, and how little thought you're able to put into them if you're financially stable. Saving trash. Rich people don't bother with food scraps or the boxes things came in, because why would you store trash in your fridge or closet instead of getting rid of it now? One thing I don't think people understand is that being poor in an urban area sucks, but I'd argue in many ways, being poor in a rural area sucks even more. 
in my adult life, since I've escaped from the poor forgotten town I grew up in, I've met a lot of other people who grew up poor also. And the ones from larger areas, the story is like, oh, thank God we had things like the local Y or whatever after school tutoring program for poor kids or teach music in the ghetto type stuff. And it's like, well, we didn't have any of that. You were just dirt poor and no one knew your town even existed or gives a crap about it. So yeah, that's one thing I've heard from even other former poor kids. They'll ask things like, what community programs did you go to? Or something like that. And I have to explain, hey, we didn't even have that. We were just all poor out in the boonies with nothing around. And even our own state government pretended that part of the state doesn't exist. In the US, in February, you get better stuff than Christmas when the income tax check hits. We'd get new shoes and have cable for a couple of months. Even McDonald's. You don't ever get ice in your fast food drinks. You get less soda and you don't need your drink to stay cold if you drink it fast, since they keep it cold in the fountain dispenser. Cooking everything, including pizza, from scratch because restaurants and pre-made food are too expensive. On the rare, rare occasion food was purchased from a restaurant, it was either because my father was out of town, or we were buying the leftover cold chicken, not the freshly cooked hot chicken from the local chicken shack. Group daycare. All of the poorer kids in my elementary school all went to the same group daycare when they were pre-preschool. Kids with richer parents either had a stay-at-home parent or had their own personal babysitter. Fruit juice, even the fake kind, is a luxury. Boxed mac and cheese with cut-up hot dogs baked into it is a fine casserole. Salvation Army sells prom dresses that are in great shape. Duct tape on shoes isn't just a fashion statement. It's a necessity. Space heaters are for when your gas utility gets cut off, and all the windows are open because the electricity got cut off and we need the light in the house. There are more, but that's a pretty comprehensive list for me. Navigating higher education when your parents didn't go to college. So much of your success in college is based on your ability to utilize on-campus resources and meeting with faculty and staff about opportunities and for assistance. That all wasn't totally obvious to me, and I feel like it really inhibited my success in school. I remember having to turn down an offer for an internship in D.C. because it was unpaid, and I didn't know there was an office at school that would help find funding to live there. Getting the financial aid office and the financial service office confused on a regular basis and feeling super stupid because of it is also a fond memory. Doing all your own work on your house and learning how to do all this work on your own. Bathroom leak? Dad needs to learn how to do basic plumbing. Need to do some basic wiring? Dad needs to learn basic electrical. Need to add a new addition to the house? Dad learns basic carpentry. Need the roof reshingled? Dad learns how to reshingle a roof. Broken window? Dad learns how to install new glass or replace an entire window. By the time I was 12, I was learning how to do carpentry, mechanics, wiring, plumbing, construction, landscaping, metalwork, welding, building, renovations, and repairing. I learned how to drive a truck at 13, tractor at 14, and heavy equipment at 18. By the time I was 20, I could fix and maintain anything in my own house. By the time I was 30, I could literally build an entire house and everything that goes with it on my own. I wasn't the best, the fastest, or the most efficient, but I could do just about anything with my own hands. I grew up in a remote native community where we had no easy access to construction workers, plumbing, electricians, or mechanics. We had to learn how to do all these things on our own. It's amazing what you can learn to do when you're forced to. 
Getting excited about being able to have McDonald's. We used to be so poor, my two sisters and I were practically giddy that we were able to share two Happy Meals between us three and my mom. Otherwise, it was soup kitchen and discount food. Coupons. I have a friend that's really rich, and I love this show that's all about couponing. And she asked what a coupon was. I was shocked. Watching your mom push food away to you or your dad, even though she was still hungry. Also, your parents sacrificing their health for yours. We didn't have low-income health care, and while I always got proper medical care, my parents did without. I grew up in communism, and let me tell you, Romania in the 1980s would confuse most of you. Hot water stopped running after 9pm. No hot water between 9pm and 6am the next day. Hot water between 6 to 8am and 3 to 9pm on most days except Saturday and Sunday. We did not have two days off every weekend. We went to school Monday through Saturday. Every second day, I would wake up at 5.45 and be in line at a shop about 500 miles away from my house to buy milk. The queue would be variable, but some days the milk would finish before I got a chance to buy it. Shops did not have milk butter, fresh bread, or any of the basics. At random times in the evening, electricity would turn itself off, and sometimes it stayed off for hours. This was part of our dictator's plan to save energy. It got so bad that as a med student, because I had to study for exams and refused to do it by candlelight, I made a chart with times and regions where electricity was cut for about a month. Then, I would make sure not to be in that neighborhood when electricity was expected to be cut. So, I ended up visiting people who had electricity so I could study. Luckily, they understood and left me alone. I saw a banana for the first time at age 23. I sat in line for four hours to buy oranges outdoors in freezing temperatures. To enter the U.S. Embassy in Romania in 1992, I had to line up for 18 hours. Need I continue? When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.